Hi guys, welcome back to the Absolutely ADHD podcast. I'm your host, Alana, the ADHD Life Coach, and I use this podcast to share ADHD education, tips, and strategies, and create a sense of community around our sometimes chaotic yet amazing brains. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. And I'm also really excited to announce that I've officially launched my first mini course. So this is up in my bio at Coaching by Alana, and I'll also leave it in the description notes as well. And what this course is, this is a mini course for people who want to start understanding their ADHD, learn some of the main concepts explained by me in simple terms. I launched it for $55 and it is available at that price right now when this will be released. But I would snag it quickly because in a couple of days I'm going to be raising that and bumping it up to $77. So I hope you all check it out and yeah, let's get started. I hope you like today's episode. Hey guys, what's going on? I see little Wally in the corner of oh, his little head. Yeah, he's head. been on one lately. Does he need some ADHD coaching? Yeah, <laughs> honestly, yeah. I think he needs a friend, but I'm not getting another dog. I you know, know, friends are great too. Like, if <laughs> that's a great option. <laughs> I think, well, the thing is I need to put him into doggy daycare, but get this. They need interviews now. I need to bring Wally in to see if he meshes and clicks with the other dogs. I'm like, he's a dog. It sounds like um, like a competitive doggy environment. They're like judging yeah, I mean, Wally. Poor little Wally. It feels like entering your kid into a really prestigious preschool. <laughs> but I'm like, he's going to sniff everyone's butt and then he's going to take a nap. Like I can already tell you what's going to happen. Do you remember? Did you watch, did you watch Office? I can't remember. Yeah. You know, that episode where Jim and Pam are like trying to find preschools for their daughter. And then he like walked in on the guy when he was peeing. Yeah. And it was like really awkward. Yeah. It's like that. So yeah. I've been having to train Wally. I mean, thank God he's house trained ish. But he's house trained in my house. I don't know if he's house trained in a different environment. I feel like he'd get into a different environment and be like, I don't recognize anything. I'm just going to pee where I need. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I took a little break so that you could have Jeremy on last week. How was that? It was good. We talked about you. (laughs) Oh, good. I like that I stay stay, um, current. Oh, always. Always. But yeah, it was a good episode. Jeremy says, hey. Hey, Jeremy. Um, you look so cute, by the way. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Mm-hmm. Going on a date. Oh my gosh, a date? <laughs> a date? <laughs> a date, yes. Every time we do this, we're all, one of us is always like, oh, we need to do a dating episode. We totally do. Because now you, I mean, we're both single and you have all this experience dating in a foreign country too, which I feel like a lot of people relate to like, you know, moving to a new city or moving to a new country and like using dating as a way to meet people. Yeah. Um, but we'll definitely do a whole episode on it. Yeah, definitely. We remember we were like joking because Sam and I were talking the other day because we're like, do they do they want to hear our like yeah. issues? Because it's not like we're like dating. It, it wouldn't be dating advice. So we're yeah, like, I just want to like, <laughs> asterisk this conversation by saying like, we're not very successful at dating. <laughs> like at like, least me. I'm like not sitting here saying, yeah, you should follow my advice. Like, please, there's a, honestly, I'm looking for advice. So send it to us, give us the advice. 
<laughs> well, this is a good segue to yeah. the topic that we're talking about. Do you want to introduce it? Yeah. So this week we're going to be talking a little bit about self-esteem and how ADHD impacts our self-esteem. Um, we felt that the emotional, if you guys haven't listened, we did an episode a few weeks back on emotional dysregulation. And I felt like that, like, I don't know. I felt like it really hit home and I felt like there were a lot of other like related things that we could talk about. And this was one of those that I just thought was super relevant and really hard to work through. So yeah. And I actually read this quote the other day that I feel like with self-esteem, one of the first things that like comes up is like, you can't expect someone to love you until you love yourself type of thing. I just want to go on record saying, I think that is the most ridiculous piece of advice in the entire world. You're telling me that I am unlovable until I am fully confident in who I am. Like, I feel like our friendship is so strong because you bolster me. Like I have days like today, I'm actually, you know, rare, a rare moment. No, I'm just kidding. I have these a lot, but I have, I'm having a day today where I'm struggling, you know, in my self-esteem and my time management and the way I view my abilities. And if you were to say to me, well, I can't help, I can't love you until you love yourself. I mean, how lonely is that? I, I hear you. And I think it's, it's an ongoing thing. Like we're never going to reach a point of like full, just self love. Like, yeah, there's no like end goal really. I think in different stages of our lives, it's like stuff, different things that we'll focus on more, but overall, like, you know, ADHD, we know that ADHD impacts our ability to like do so many things. And for so long in our lives, so many people with ADHD have constantly been like criticized, blamed, misunderstood, all these things that really do impact our self-esteem. And then on top of it, the whole side of like our, our self image and like how we feel about ourselves, you know, and like that shame and that guilt. And it's like, can you tell me, cause I feel like I, in theory, understand what you're talking about with like the parts of ADHD that are commonly confounded with having a poor self-esteem, but can like, you tell me what those are? Yeah. Well, I think like everything we talk about on this podcast, like all these different challenges and struggles that we struggles that we struggle with, (laughs) it makes us feel like, I think the overall theme makes us feel less than it makes us feel like we're not reaching some potential. We're not living up to what we can do. We, you know, hearing Mm -hmm. people say like, well, if you can do this, why can't you just apply that and do it here? A lot of people in school felt really just like, I know for me, I, you know, school for a while, school always made me feel like really, really dumb. Yeah, And it's just because we constantly hear like these things about, you know, oh, you should just be able to do it. Or why can't you just do that? And that eventually that translates to how we view ourselves. And there's yeah. so much, it just adds so much shame and guilt. It's and so funny hard. that you say that because I was thinking this morning, I'm like struggling to find a job and which feels like I mention every episode, but I am. And my parents are, you know, relatively involved in my life and they know that I'm struggling to find a job. And it's been, you know, about six months now, which is a little bit longer than I think any of us thought that it would take. And it's a little scary. Like it's really confronting. 
And I was walking in the door and I was like, I'm just having so much trouble focusing and maintaining like energy to keep doing this. But then I thought, well, why don't you just tell your parents that? Like, why don't you tell them I'm having a lot of concentration issues? And then I was like, I'm so worried that they're going to say, well, that's not a good enough excuse to not have a job. But like, that's really what the problem is. And then I was like, but my inability to concentrate is impacting my future. That's my fault. That's my problem. This is something that I need to fix. Like right now, I just need to power through, grow up, you know, and it's like this rhetoric that happens inside my head all the time. And it's even crazy because we literally are champions for being kind to yourself. We're on a podcast about managing your ADHD. And I still can't sometimes incorporate that into my brain. It's so hard. And I think also because we say these things, like, like, even when you say it's like, you're having trouble concentrating, like to someone without ADHD or someone without our brains, it just sounds like, like, what do you mean? Like, that's not yeah. that big. It doesn't My sound like, okay, change up your environment. And I'm like, it's right. not, that's a bandaid over a, all of it feels like a bandaid over a bullet hole, you know? Yeah. And like we've discussed on this podcast is this is like chemical imbalances in our brain. And this isn't just, you know, laziness or like not being able to focus. It's so much deeper than that. And this is something that I was curious, kind of what you thought, or if, you know, listeners would resonate with this. Something that I've always struggled. All right. Well, first I'll say, so like, I have like, my mom is like the most supportive, like champion of like, will it be like self-love? Like she's just amazing and has always like built me up to be this like confident version of myself and also just seeing how she is. It's, it just made me want to be like that. But I will say like, even with all that, you still get all these messages from everywhere else, you know, from society and like the people around us. And so one of the things that I do think my ADHD really impacts is like my need to feel understood. And like, Mm -hmm. I've really seen this in like relationships and like even like the, you know, ending of some relationships because of this, like, it's not that I don't even know if what I'm saying is making sense, but no, it totally is. Like, I feel like because these little things about us are misunderstood our whole life, then like we go through this. A lot of us have this urge, this need to just feel deeply understood by someone, partner, by friends, whatever it is. And like, that's my thing. Like I really, and that's just a huge like life revelation I had is that like, I think that that is a huge thing. I just feel like I always want people to know exactly where I'm coming from, exactly why, exactly what I'm thinking. And that's just like, not realistic. Like I'm not going to be understood by everyone, you know? I know. I mean, no, you won't. And even by the people that are closest to us, you know, I mean, it's so weird because I feel like in the way that our society is built, we have these ingrained relationships that are supposed to be like these staple foundational things for us, like family, or this idea of having a best friend, Mm -hmm. or, you know, getting to be around the age that we are and thinking I need to get married, you know, all of this stuff. And it's like, I mean, that's really nice to think about. But in practice, that's not how life shakes out for a lot of people. I mean, that's not how it's been for me. So I feel a lot of the time that with my self-esteem, I'm constantly trying to lean on other people 
and gut check myself, like, does this actually look good on me? Or am I actually making the right decision? And that can be really hard sometimes when I don't feel like I have people in my corner. Exactly. And then especially that just, that's a good segue into something I was going to bring up a little bit later, which was like one of the really important things for addressing this is like surrounding yourself with people who do celebrate you and like your strengths and like make you feel loved and don't make you feel guilty for our little ADHD mistakes or whatever, or even the bigger ones, you know, like people who are at least trying to kind of support you trying to be there and trying to understand. I saw this journal prompt yesterday that was like who in your life sees you the way that you want to see you yeah. and I realized that it's you you are the I was person about to say that's like the definition of our friendship like I love I love it you are the person that I mean and I am not saying I mean to listeners to you to me that we are perfect there are days you know we have our times when our communication is off or you say something that I don't agree with or vice versa, or you, I make a decision that you don't support, whatever, you know, but there has never been a time in my entire friendship with you that I didn't feel like I couldn't make a mistake and then come to you to help me fix the mistake, even if the mistake was about you. No, totally. And that's such a huge thing. Like we, yeah, yeah, we just have, and to- you know, sometimes that relationship looks like one with your mother. And sometimes that looks like one with a grandparent. And sometimes that looks like one with a teacher or a mentor or a coworker. Like it's not, I feel like so often people with ADHD and people in general, probably, but we're a lot more introspective than most prescribed by these rules. And it doesn't feel good if we're not following the general flow of what everyone else is doing. But I think breaking that is the first step to creating this life that you want. Yeah, totally. Like thinking like, what is like, not just looking at what everyone else thinks we should do, like what is success or what is freedom or what is whatever it looked like for us in our direction, like in our own. And I think with the self-esteem thing, like a really important way to start tackling that is when you do feel shitty or you, when you do feel less than, ask yourself, why, why do I feel less than? And sometimes that answer is going to be super all the time. It's going to be justified and valid. Sometimes the answer is going to be like really concrete. I feel blank because this person made me feel whatever, you know, but sometimes you're not going to be able to come up with an answer. Why don't I feel good in this shirt? I like the way it looks on me. I'm worried what other people, and that's when you can start to like, yeah combat that I think a little bit I mean we say this in every episode this isn't gonna come easy and that yeah like this is something that I also want to emphasize if you're not in a place where you're ready to like see your ADHD as like a strength and like as something that like we can work on as something we can like build our confidence through like that's okay this whole thing is such you know a long process but we have to kind of be ready for it you know like ready to view it this way it's almost like a little bit of a decision and yeah when you are ready like we'll be here but I just want to emphasize that like if this isn't where you are like that's more than okay you know like I can't tell you I have this whole to-do list of stuff to do today I logically know myself now to the point where I'm not going to get all of this done but writing it down 
that's my first step. It makes me feel good knowing that it's okay if some of this stuff shifts to later in the week. So maybe with this type of self-healing, self-love acceptance journey, opening, realizing that you are not at the place that you would like to be, that can, that's a great first step. Yeah. Like realizing that was like love and not like judgment, Yeah, you know, like self, which obviously sounds a little cliche, but like, we I know it sounds cheesy, but what do we always say? It's cliche because it's true. It's true. And before I go on to the rest of kind of the, you know, things I wanted to talk about for addressing this, we do know that like with self-esteem and those challenges, it makes it, there's two kind of main things that I want to address that it impacts, which is our ability to like set and pursue goals like that, you know, when our self-esteem is not there, when we're really struggling, it is way harder to feel confident in our ability to choose goals and move Mm -hmm. forward towards them. It just is. And that's why we want to work on this. And then the other thing is, um, our, you know, our people pleasing tendencies, like, Oh my God. Like we really all of a sudden, like we're trying to, you know, not only make ourselves feel good, but the people around us. And we're just so focused on that, that we don't even set boundaries sometimes, or we don't even ask ourselves, like, is this good for me? And so this is why it's important to kind of focus on self-esteem in my opinion. Oh my God. The people pleasing is what, that's, what's going to kill me in the end. People pleasing. Yeah. No, thank I, God I don't have any allergies, like food allergies, because if someone's if I was allergic to peanuts and someone said, Hey, I made you a peanut butter sandwich and they put a lot of effort into Sam, it. Don't like, tell me this. Don't tell me that. I, don't I would to- eat it. This is where Sam and I differ. Like I want it. I'm like that friend that, well, I don't know. I'm not super like over. No, but you are. You definitely set boundaries. Like you're well, very I definitely good at set boundaries, but like, I'm also that friend who's like, no, that's not what you want. Go ask for what you want. Like, I know. Oh, you yeah. want. <laughs> my parents used to make so much fun of me because I like, this is so specific, but I really like when I order salmon at a restaurant, I want it cooked all the way through. I just do. I don't like it when it's raw in the middle. So and- does my mom. There was one time that I ordered salmon and I asked her it cooked all the way through and it came not cooked all the way through. And I had to leave the table and go, go to the bathroom while my parents told the waiter that it wasn't what I wanted because I was so like, but how crazy is this? I'm running a list of the people that are important in my life right now. Like in this phase of my life, every single one of them is like you is a ask for what you want. It's not that big of a deal type of person. It's interesting though, because like, it's easy for me to, or not easy. Like it's natural for me to do that for the people around me. And like the people that I love, I'm like, ask for what you want. Like, don't be afraid to communicate your expectations, all this stuff. But then like, when it comes to myself, it's like, do I even have that same, like, do I put that on myself? I don't, you know, sometimes I do. I'm going to hold us accountable to this topic when we cover dating. Yeah. Put a pin in it and circle back if you will, because you are so good at doing that with dating. I feel like. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. Well, this is, well, and this is one of the things too, that also like after a long time of like struggling with like that, you know, feeling misunderstood, I do think that I've almost overcorrected so much. Yeah. I do like overly communicate with people. Like that's what I like. That's what I want in the relationships in my life. And like, I just think that that's important. And I think that's totally probably where that stems from. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> 
Wow, we're having a lot of realizations today. <laughs> we really are. We really are. Um, See, we're on this journey with you guys. <laughs> it is. So the first thing that I yeah, want How to- do we fix it? Tell me how to fix my self-esteem, please. <laughs> All right. Just in like one podcast, I'm going to fix it. Yeah, quick and dirty. Just get um, down to it. <laughs> well, we talked about like, of course, surrounding yourself with people who value you, who celebrate you, and who make yeah. you feel good about yourself. Like, that's just huge. Um And it is very okay to take breaks from friendships. You don't have to cut it off. You don't have to end it. There doesn't have to be a big coming to realization. Oh, you, you know, I, for me, no, like big um, confrontation is really difficult for me to deal with. So if I know that there's a large confrontation, I'll avoid it, but relearning that it's okay to just take some space. There doesn't have to be a big hullabaloo about it has really helped me. Yeah, that's true. And I will add, like, even obviously all the stuff we're talking about is so like vague, but I think that like, it's so hard for us to already have a certain, like a good self-image, good self-esteem, like for ourselves that like, if we're having the negative stuff coming in from like the people around us, like we really do want to evaluate, like, is this, you know, is this who we want to be spending our time with? Cause it's already- that's just life's hard. Like there's so yeah. much going on. We even a lot to stress about and a couple other things. So obviously like being open to reframing these mindsets, like telling ourselves that it does feel uncomfortable. Remember we talked about like neural pathways, like we're reframing yeah. our mind to think in new thought patterns in new ways and stuff. That's what mm-hmm. this is. Like we are adding in an extra perspective being like, oh wait, actually why am I saying this thing about yeah. myself? Is this- and I will say I'm a huge supporter of retraining your neural pathways. I can tell you from, and rarely can I say this, I can literally tell you from experience, I have been able to retrain neural pathways. Like there was this one time I had a wonderful therapist when I was living in Kansas City named Peg, go Peg. And she taught me about retraining neural pathways because every time I got out of therapy, I would call my mom. And my mom would be like, why are you calling me? You know, and I would recap everything that I talked about in therapy. And I don't know why I did that. It wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't healthy for her. Neither of us wanted to be doing it, but it felt like this addiction. Like I get in my car, I call my mother. And Peg was like, because that's a neural pathway. It's it's a habit that's been reinforced based on the situation that you're in. And when you catch yourself doing it the first 10, 20, 30 times, it's going to feel uncomfortable to not want to do that. But now- why would I call my mother after therapy? Like that seems so ridiculous to me, you know? So, and we retrain neural pathways all the time without knowing when you fall out of love with someone, when, you know, I don't know, stuff like that. So now it's just being a bit more active about it. Yeah. We're just a a wealth of dating knowledge today. (laughs) Which is not usual. I'm just kidding. It's honestly laughable. Um, laughable. It really is. But so of course, part of this podcast is understanding the different things that we struggle with because we want to control what we can control. Like we want to try and like be in control of as much as we can because we know that there's a lot of stuff with emotional regulation, a lot of like other symptoms that are going to happen that we are not in control of. So this kind of, again, that's pretty vague, but we just want to like you know, the shame spiral and like the self-love, like this is the stuff that like 
we don't need to be adding a whole level of shame on ourselves when we're already struggling so much with these other things, which is why that's kind of the mindsets we want to challenge a little bit. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then a couple other things I just wanted to, um, put on here is like, in terms of, you know, getting better at like meeting those, like setting and meeting goals, like visualizing like your future self and those little like things that even if we don't know what that looks like, like the version of ourself that's doing different tasks, that's like reaching different goals. Like think about that version and think about like, what, what do we need to get there? You know, is it a certain, like, is it knowledge? Is it just like a better understanding? And then that's the stuff we want to like spend some time, like learning about, you know? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. We talk about this a lot about like finding your passions. And I feel so often in like the way that we were schooled that it's rare to be able to combine a working lifestyle with the stuff that you're super passionate about. But this is what I was talking about with challenging these foundational beliefs. Like just because you were taught this in every single school and every child was taught this does not mean that this is the way that you have to live your life. Yeah, definitely. And the thing too, that I wanted to clarify about what I was talking about a second ago, because I felt like I didn't explain that super well, but like, as we want to improve our ability to like reach our goals and set our goals, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times we just have to like think there's usually a reason we think we can't do X, Y, Z. So we want to question, what is that reason? Do we feel like we don't know enough about the thing? Do we feel like we don't have enough background? Like what what can we add that can help us pinpoint kind of like how we do it? Because the only way we better reach our goals is like building our confidence and trying, you know, and working through it. And like, God, I'm so bad. If my parents ever listen to this, I'm so bad at trying something for the first time. I didn't ever learn how to ski because I didn't want to look stupid learning how to ski. How? What? Which is so funny because not one, like if you're snowboarding or skiing, like you just look so stupid at the beginning. It's just how it is. It just is what it is, you know, but like how I'm, I always wonder how many like things I missed out on because I didn't want to look stupid. And that's the thing that you're going to remember. You're not going to remember, oh, thank God I didn't look stupid. You're going to remember, why didn't I just do that? Yeah. And actually, Jeremy and I talked about this in last week's episode, like being okay with being a beginner, you know, like that's a huge thing. Big lesson. Um, And then there's two other things I'll say. Self-care, prioritizing self-care, the things that make us feel good, the things that like Mm -hmm. we need, but then also fake it till you make it. Like I'm the, I feel like this is what I am. That's it. Good at. <laughs> like yes. I don't even think I'm necessarily like a confident person. I think I, maybe I fake it sometimes. I don't know. I mean, literally look at what we're doing right now. You guys, if the yeah. listeners think that this is like, we come on this podcast and we're like, hell yeah. You know, <laughs> every time Alana and I have to tell ourselves, no, this was a good one. We're sharing information. Like the amount of times we hype ourselves up about being vulnerable with you guys. I mean, it's, and it's easily one of our favorite parts of the week, you know, but it's really scary to put yourself out there. It is. It really is so scary. Like we just have to be confident in that. Like what we're doing is like, we're so confident in the message, right? Like sharing this information, helping other people understand themselves, feel seen, feel heard. 
yet that self-esteem when we're doing it, we're like, oh, well, was it weird that I said that one thing or was this? And then let's go back to the message that we so strongly believe in. Our listeners believe in the message. So like the rest doesn't really matter. Like we have to convince ourselves that. I feel like the big message from this is like challenging the why. The why do you feel, why do you feel this way? Why? you know, for me, it's a lot of like, I developed a lot of social anxiety after moving to Austin. Like it was difficult for me to, I remember one time I had ordered takeout from a restaurant and I couldn't figure out where the pickup window was. So I just left my food. I just walked away (laughs) because I couldn't, I don't know, but it's like, why, what was I so afraid of looking like an idiot in the restaurant? That's their fault for not having a, a visible enough take a pickup window. You know, I don't know. It's just, and so, like, what would I tell you if I was in the car? I'd be like, get your bum back in there. You <laughs> paid $34 for pad thai. Get in there. Oh my gosh. Pad thai. That makes it hurt even more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, challenge the why. Ask yourself. And sometimes the reason why you feel anxious isn't a fixable one. You can't talk yourself out of it. But at least you're beginning to change those neural pathways. At least you're not blindly accepting your feelings. Feelings are one marker of the environment around us. We've developed feelings for a fight or flight basis to make sure that we're safe. That is it, you know? A therapist once told me this, that feelings were only one way that we should measure our environment. And so often we use feelings as the end-all be-all. Yeah. And I'm, I do that. I use feelings as my end all be all, but they're one tiny iota of how we make decisions. That's so true. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that was a really good point. This is good. I hope, I know it was a little bit vague. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, yeah, we, can something we want to continue like working on over yeah. time. So you got it. And if there's any parts of it that any like, as we're like breaking down relationships and things that we all struggle with, if there's any part of it that you guys want to hear more in depth about, just let us know. Yeah. Because we love talking, clearly. We love it. It's fun. Thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week. Hope you guys have a good week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Absolutely ADHD podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Coaching by Alana, where you can find more ADHD education and all of my tips and tricks. And make sure to give us a five-star review, leave a comment, subscribe, like, all that good stuff so that we can continue to share this information with even more of you guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.